0: Starting December 9th, Walk with the King podcast is taking a short break from First Peter to celebrate Christmas with Cook, a 12-day podcast series leading up to December 25th, featuring hand-picked broadcasts with Advent topics and themes to welcome the season. We hope you'll join us for Christmas with Cook. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. Thank you very much, and hello again, dear radio friends. How in the world are you? <laughs> you doing all right? bless your heart. Nice to be back with you. Thank God we are together in the work of the Lord and in the bonds of Christian love. Hallelujah for that. You and I have been looking at the 23rd Psalm. And uh we got just about through that first verse anyway. The Lord is my shepherd. You remember we emphasized the possessive there. What does it mean when you can say my shepherd? And then we talked the last time we got together about the, that phrase, I shall not want. It means I shall not lack for anything that I need. And God gives you what you need, whether or not you know it. And uh, the Lord Jesus pointed that out. He said if somebody that has a little boy, uh, uh, the boy asks for bread but grabs for a stone, is he going to do him that, L- let, let him do that? No, no, you give him a piece of bread, not Break his little teeth on a stone that looks like bread and uh, if he looks at a if he looks at a uh, uh, little uh, scorpion uh, curled up there uh, with its gray little body looking like an egg he says, "Oh, there's a bird's egg no 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 that's a scorpion he bites you he sting you you if you want an egg I'll give you an egg and he looks at a snake and thinks it's an eel and grabs for it no no he bite you. We'll get a, we'll get an eel at the fish market. So human parents know how to give good things to their children. Well he said, if ye being evil know how to give good things to your children, how much more? Shall your heavenly Father give good things to them that ask him. God doesn't always give me what I ask for, that's my point. See, if a son asks bread, will he give him a stone? If he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? If he asks an egg, will he offer a scorpion? If ye then know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more your heavenly Father? So he says, I shall not lack for anything that I need. I have to relearn it every day almost. I just have to relearn the idea of, of trusting my Lord to give me what I really need. And he does. Hallelujah for that. So now... We come to this uh, second verse of Psalm 23. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, pastures of tender grass. He leadeth me beside the still waters, means waters of quietness. Why does the psalmist say that? Well, because if left to ourselves, like sheep, Isaiah says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. Sheep tend to go astray. And sheep don't always know where the good things are. So we come back to that verse in Psalm 37, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Oftentimes you've been looking for the tender grass, so to speak, and instead you found some pretty tough chewing. (laughs) Isn't that true? That's the way life is, isn't it? You thought it was going to be so great ended up being pretty tough to chew. I brought home a piece of meat not too long ago from a local store and it had looked pretty good. And I thought, well now this is going to make a fine roast. So I I was the chief cook and bottle washer that day and I put salt and pepper and a little ginger and a, a dash of garlic salt all that business, you know. And uh, Then I got a carrot, and I got a couple of stalks of celery, and I got an onion, and I put that in the roaster. I thought, we're going to have a fine pot roast. And it looked all right. But you couldn't chew the stuff. I don't know. It must have been made out of leather. But it just was so tough. Well, life is that way. Sometimes you think you're going to enjoy it, and it turns out to be pretty tough chewing. That's why why the psalmist says he makes me to lie down in green pastures, pastures of tender grass. You follow your blessed Lord, and you're going to have something that isn't too tough to chew. It's going to be great. Therefore, with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that that believeth on me shall never thirst. The fact is that God gives you not only what's good for you, We got that in verse 1. But he also gives you something that you can enjoy on the way. Now, not everything that's good for you is enjoyable. There was a time, oh, I suppose 30 years ago when I was uh, going to try to lose some weight, and I did, as a matter of fact, put it back on since. But uh, they had in those days a wafer that was made out of wood fiber. You know, the human body can't digest cellulose. So some thoughtful person had, had made a, a wafer out of cellulose and flavored it a little bit and sold it as a weight reduction aid. And I can remember I can remember biting into one of those and chewing it and it was it, was, it tasted like what it was, sawdust. <laughs> May have been good for me, but it didn't taste very good. Sulfur and molasses, Do you ever have that in the Old days, any of you old-timers, come spring, you had to have sulfur and molasses? When I was a boy living on the farm with my Uncle Frank Setzler and Aunt Esther, every spring they would take me over to Green Springs, Ohio, where there's some sulfur water springs. You can smell them a mile away. They smell like ancient eggs. And that sulfur water was supposed to be very good for you. So every spring, go over there. Yeah, I have some of that water, boy, good for you. <laughs> well, it didn't hurt me any. I'm still alive. Not everything that's good for you tastes good, but the way God deals with us. You delight yourself in him. You make him the center of your life, and he will become the source of your joy and satisfaction. And what he gives you is going to be like uh, for the sheep, the pastures of tender grass. Isn't that great? Now, somebody's listening to me and saying, Well, Brother Cook, you don't know what I'm going through. I'm going through a terrible trial, and everything's going wrong, and you're talking about the desires of your heart and all that, and the tender grass. Well, I, all I'm getting is the stubble. I know. But the key word on those things is through. Wait until God, God's time is, is there. A little later on in this same psalm, we're going to have, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. See, God's key word is through. What I do thou knowest not now, Jesus said, but thou shalt know hereafter. No chastening for the present seemeth joyous, but rather grievous, but afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of repentance to them who are exercised. That means benefited thereby. Afterward, afterward, hereafter, through. See, all of those words tell you that God is in the process of doing something. He's in the process of doing something. Amy Carmichael, in one of her books, tells the story of standing beside a refiner in one of the uh, bazaars of India. And this man was hunched down, squatted down beside his primitive refining equipment. He had some gold ore in a brazier and underneath it a very hot charcoal fire upon which he was blowing with the bellows and uh, she watched him as he put that that ore, rough-looking ore, into the container, uh, the little tiny furnace, you may say, and uh, then he applied the heat, and then he let it cool a little after he had skimmed off some of the slag from the top, and then he applied the heat again, even more heat, and some more of the impurities rose to the top, and uh, then he let it cool a little, and then he applied even more heat and skimmed off again, some impurities here and there, a fleck of, of impurity here and there on the surface of the molten metal. And finally he settled back on his haunches and looked up and said to nobody in particular with a smile, It's finished. Well, the Amy Carmichael had been standing there all this while watching him, and she said to him, Sahib, how do you know it's finished? He said, I can tell that it's pure when I can see my face perfectly reflected in the molten gold. See, God wants his face perfectly reflected in your life and in mine. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, he said, we all beholding as in a glass, the idea of a mirror, a reflection, we all beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image to be and to look like the Lord Jesus Christ, to reflect his beauty Moses prayed that prayer, Let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us, and establish thou the work of our hands. See, all through the Bible you have this idea of reflecting the beauty of the God whom you serve. And so God isn't through with you or with me yet, and when we're going through some rough times, that doesn't mean that he made a mistake. What it does mean is that and that uh, he's not through yet. He's in the process of doing something for us. And you'll be in the, in the pastures of tender grass. Oh, yes, you will. And you'll know that he has brought you, by his grace, to that place of joy and contentment. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Small thought here. You have that verb, lie down. Now, for many people, it's difficult to relax. I don't know Why? But it is. I guess I'm one of them. Really, I sit uh, sit still for ten minutes, and I get up and and do something. Uh, if I'm if I'm quiet for too long, I think I'm missing a meeting or something. <laughs> Many years ago, Corinne and I were at a, at a county fair, and among one of the booths, there was a a lady who uh, who uh, analyzed handwriting. What do they call them, graphologists? Don't they? Uh, she she analyzed your handwriting, and so I paid my my 50 cents, and she said, write your name and something else. So I did. And she, uh, I handed the paper over to her. She took one look at it, looked up at me with a smile and said, Sir, do you ever relax? <laughs> well, she had my number, didn't she? <laughs> but you know something? Uh, God can give you the quietness of spirit where you don't have the, what we call the jits, you don't have the you don't have the, the restlessness that keeps you constantly prowling about here and there, looking for something you scarcely know what, but busy, 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 doing, maybe doing nothing but busy at it. God can give you quietness of soul. Have you trusted him for that? He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Uh... Why don't you ask God to give you a a touch of his quietness? There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. God given rest of spirit. Now that doesn't mean that you'll stop being busy. Some of the most restful times I have ever experienced have been in the middle of busy, busy days or nights. It doesn't mean that you'll stop being active. It does mean that you'll be perfectly at rest, perfectly relaxed, perfectly content with your Lord, Perfectly at peace with this wonderful Lord. That's what that means. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Let God give you that peace of soul, that inner rest that can mean so very much to your life. Would you do that? Dear Father, today, let us have the rest of soul, even while we're busy, the rest that comes from being content with the Lord. Amen.